Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you today? Sean, I'm hanging in there, man. I uh, looking forward to, to getting this episode up, and we're here a few hours out before Kentucky season finale. I mean, dude, can you believe it's here? I, I, I cannot. I, I can't believe it. It's wild, though. I'm not in Gainesville this weekend, and I think since I've been covering the beat, of the years that the season ends in Florida, this is the first time that I've not been there because my Facebook memories all week or the last two days have been nothing <laughs> but like pictures from Florida, uh, the O'Connell Center. And it, it's, I'm like, man, this is like a tradition. I can't believe I didn't go. <laughs> yeah, that but was your, uh, I know I'll you were down there. there when the pandemic happened. Yeah. Started up the week before. That was the first place I ever uh, noticed someone wearing a mask. And I was like, that's odd. And then four days later, we all were wearing masks. So, <laughs> wasn't yeah. too odd it wasn't too odd four <laughs> days later but uh no Kentucky is at Florida I will be in Florida later this week for the SEC tournament but uh a lot on the line today obviously when it, when it comes to seeding Kentucky will either be the three or the four in Tampa I, I guess if you're a fan of playing early you would want them to get the four if you're a fan of playing late you'd want them to get the three because I think that's how it'd be set up I think they play like the first game on Friday or the last game on Friday depending on what seed they get yeah, so if they're the three, they'll play at a seven or nine, 30. It'd be the late one, wouldn't it? So probably – I'm not sure exactly on the top. Well, so, Sean, uh, for people who aren't well-versed in what needs to happen today, because you have Arkansas and Tennessee playing again, and they both have the same number of league losses, I believe, right? So uh, if Kentucky wins, it guarantees a three-spot. And if they yeah. lose, what? So are they the four no matter what? If they lose, they're the four no matter what. It's the yeah. tiebreakers. Okay. Because yeah. our Arkansas would have the tiebreaker. Even Tennessee has the tiebreaker because they beat Auburn. Uh, so this is where Kentucky was at a disadvantage. And this is why I don't put a lot of weight in who won the regular season title or the fact that they could be seated a three or a four. Because we're talking about a team that could be fourth in their conference, but still be on the two seed line in the NCAA tournament. And I think that the committee would look and be like, okay, Kentucky didn't get another shot at Auburn. They didn't get another shot at Arkansas. Those two games were on the road. Yeah, Tennessee only played Auburn once, but they got them at Thompson Bowling Arena. And then they got Arkansas home and away. Like, it was just uh, – Kentucky was put at a significant disadvantage. That that game versus LSU early in the season, if Kentucky could have won that, I think it would have certainly changed things. And I think Kentucky probably would have maybe ended up with a two seed uh, or at least had a better shot at it. But the way Is there it, an argument to be made that it would be better at this point to be the four? If you were to beat Auburn on Saturday, because the committee might actually take that into effect, or do you think this conference tournament really matters at all in terms of seating? Well, I know some people were talking, should they, would it be okay to lose today and get that four seed and then win the SEC tournament? I'd be afraid if you lost today that the committee wouldn't weigh the, the SEC tournament as much, and then you would dip to a three. Um, I think it's important to, to be a two at least this year uh, try to keep some of those matchups away and stuff that we've talked about and, and extend into the elite eight into the final four rounds where you see some of those teams like the Arizona's like the Baylor's you don't want to see one of those in a sweet 16 matchup as a three two um, but when you're talking about winning the SEC tournament obviously the quick turnaround being the four seed you would play early in the day and have essentially 24 hours but being the three you would play late at night but honestly 
it just kind of feels like that. I don't think a lot of that really matters, Derek. I think everybody's going to be going on tired legs by the time you get to Saturday afternoon because everybody's going to have played at least one game. Some teams played two games. Well, um, I had a thought too last night. We'll get to the mailbag. That's why we're doing this episode today. We haven't done one in a while. Um, the UK women's team making a, a really good run right now. They've won, I think, eight straight games. They've won two straight in the SEC tournament. Depending on who they play, and Kentucky's never really had an issue with this actually at all. I don't think uh, in the SEC tournament they've been very good in this tournament. Besides, you know, last year, um, and I guess they lost first round. They lose first round in 2013. Yeah, Andy beat them. Yep. Okay. Well, in general, though, um, I thought with the UK women's team, I thought they had an advantage last night playing a game before they came into that game against LSU. They just look more comfortable to me. And LSU had probably not played in, what, a week probably? Yep. Or, no, a yep. lot of the women's games are on Sunday, aren't they? So they probably, uh, you know, they've been off a few days. And I just think sometimes it's something to watch, Trez. I think Kentucky, the last thing I saw, Sean, there's a chance they'll play is it Alabama or Vandy. For today. So, is it for how it currently stands today going into today? Uh, they'll play, yeah, I believe, that, I believe that would be how it would lay out, yes. Well, Alabama, There's I mean, a lot of shakeup could happen today too, though. There is, yeah, it's a big day. I mean, it starts here in about an hour with uh, Arkansas and Tennessee playing at noon, and then you got games all throughout the day. But that's not a, it's not a huge concern. I just wanted to bring that up mainly because I wanted to mention the women's team because <laughs> they're uh, doing really well, and yeah. it looked bad for them uh, at points this year. They had players out, they had games get canceled with COVID. They just uh, couldn't really find their footing. The schedule finally let up a little bit. They got healthy. They got players back from suspension. Ryan Howard turned into Ryan Howard again, and they're in the SEC semifinals. Yes. Solidly, they're going to be in the tournament now. There was some thought that maybe they needed to win at least one game in Nashville to get it. They've won two now, so they're going to be in the tournament. Um, but I do think there is something to to having a team get in there and play a game before because, you know, it's just they've played 60 minutes or uh, 40 minutes, I mean, sorry, in that venue and uh, have gotten adjusted a little bit quicker. But I think this a veteran Kentucky team like this uh, – Shouldn't have any problems handling that. Yeah, and whoever they see on that first day, it's going to be a team that they've beaten, you know, this season. Probably likely. twice. Probably twice, and unless you know, I don't. I don't think it could be LSU. I don't think. I don't know how the seating. I know there's a log jam there in the middle of the pack in the SEC. That I mean, you could have teams that seated maybe fifth drop all the way to eighth, and eighth climb all the way to sixth, depending on what happens to them. I mean, it's a big day. I know. I think Tennessee and Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken, Derek, aren't they the only ranked matchup in college basketball the entire day today? Uh, I think there was one of the, the only ranked SEC matchup. Yeah, I think there was one in the Big East. I was looking at the schedule earlier today. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that was the only ranked SEC matchup. Oh, but, uh, there will be uh, – I'm not sure you might be right. No, Texas and Kansas play. Okay. But Sean, uh, and also you'll see in UCLA late tonight. But okay, so three. <laughs> um, some other things real quick around college basketball before we get started, because um, I know all the Kentucky fans love them. Coach K coaching his last game tonight at Cameron Indoor Stadium against North Carolina. I'm on ESPN's website right now. Tickets you can get for as low as $3,105. So Duke's an 11.5 point favorite there. I won't spend any more time talking about Coach K. Just turn on ESPN today if you want to hear about him. But That's more true. local news because I'm sure we have some uh, some listeners of probably graduates, maybe even fans of these schools. The first NCAA tournament ticket 
will officially be punched tonight between Murray State and Moorhead State over in yeah. Evansville. It's the OVC championship. With that said, though, uh, even if Moorhead is to win, Murray State is still going to be in the tournament. They're going to be one of the rare uh, small conference teams that has done enough that they will uh, get in that large bit either way. So if you're a bubble team, Sean, you're pulling for Murray tonight. That, that bubble, you're at that point in the season where that bubble yeah. starts to shrink now. I mean, it really starts to shrink. You have some of these teams that still bids, uh, especially from a league like Murray State, where we know they're going to get an at-large if they do lose. If you're a team like Florida today playing Kentucky, that, that bubble shrinks to what, three teams then? When you're talking <laughs> about that last four in, I mean, it it certainly changes things. But Kentucky's going to face a desperate team today in Gainesville. You know, Florida, a win would go a long way for Florida. I think if they could beat Kentucky, then advance in that SEC tournament and get another quad one victory. I mean, you're starting to talk about a team that has a win against Ohio State that might be able to play their way in. On the other hand, Kentucky is looking – I mean, Cal talked about yesterday, they're, they're playing for seeding right now. And mm-hmm. when it comes to the SEC tournament, they're, they're playing for seeding and where they want to be. I think they're firmly on the two line. They win today and win a game in Nashville, advance to those semifinals. I, I think that there's a good chance that they'll be a two – but there's still a one seed in play, Derek. And I know that that's one of our mailbag questions. So let's go ahead and jump into the mailbag here. You you see anything you want to start with, or do you want to start with that one? I think Brandon asked that one first. Okay, yeah. Brandon says, do you see a scenario where we get one of the one seeds in the tournament? If so, what has to happen for us to get that one seed? Uh, one seed? Went out in Tampa or at least make it to the title game? Well, we know in past years, the committee hasn't looked a lot to Sunday for the SEC tournament, but it feels like this year they got to pay attention to it because not only is Kentucky in contention for a one seed, but so is Auburn. And if both of those teams are still playing late into the weekend, Eric, I think they have to look at, at Tampa and at least look at the tournament and kind of see where those teams are and who wins it or who's playing late into the weekend. For Kentucky, you get a one, though. When you're looking at Lenardi's projections, and I, I just go off of his because his – I mean, he updates his – uh, it feels like every six hours when it gets to this <laughs> point in the season. Gonzaga's firmly a one, I believe. I, I think they're going to win their conference tournament. I think Arizona probably safely a one right now. We didn't even see them move after that loss to Colorado. Then they bounced back with an impressive win versus USC. I know they struggled a bit with Stanford the other night, finally put them away. I, I feel like they're going to get that one out of the Pac-12. I think Baylor's resume – Overall, when you're talking 12 quad one wins, if they advance deep into the conference tournament and don't lose another game, I think they're getting a one. I think it's that last one between Kansas, Auburn, Kentucky. Could Wisconsin sneak in there and get it? I think as long as Kansas doesn't go win the Big 12, Kentucky wins the SEC tournament, beats Auburn, or Auburn loses, I think Kentucky gets that final one seed. I think that's the scenario to get it. I mean, that'd be huge to – Obviously, uh, statistically, to, to get a one seed. I was listening on the radio the other day when I was driving home for lunch, and I can't remember, but the uh, just the, the pure numbers, and I wish I had them because it would make this uh, more reinforcing. But as, as the math would say, I mean, if you're a one seed, obviously you're one of the better teams. Let's just put that out there. That's the most obvious thing. But two, another obvious thing in terms of a tournament, you will have an easier road to get there. That's – more so, especially when you're the number one overall seed. And there's probably another discussion to be had with this, but the fact that Gonzaga can play what? I don't know. I mean, they do a decent job scheduling the non-conference. They played uh, Alabama this year. They played Duke. 
probably played a few other teams. I'm not remembering. Lost both those too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're gonna play. San Francisco was okay this year in the West Coast Conference. St. Mary's beat them um, this year, but it's rare that they're gonna lose a game. So I mean, if you win just a couple of your your key non-conference games, then you go win 18 straight games in the West Coast Conference. I mean, you're to me, it just feels like a matter of time, Sean, with the way that they recruit, that they'll eventually win a national championship. I mean, no one has an easier road in college basketball uh, than Gonzaga, but I won't get off on that tangent. Yeah. Well, I was going to say this, too. I know there's some talk about could Duke play their way into a one. The only way that Duke gets a one, Derek, is if Kentucky, Kansas, all these other teams just fall apart in the conference tournament week. I just don't think Duke – I don't think the ACC presents enough opportunities from January on to really qualify for a one seed, especially with some of the, they've had a couple of quad twos. I think I know Duke had a quad three loss too. That'll be the separator for them. I think Duke's going to be a two. The one thing I want Kentucky, if I was a Kentucky fan, I would want a one because if they get the East and Villanova's a three, you're playing Villanova in Philadelphia. And I just don't, I don't like that scenario. It was a pretty tough road, it looked like. And uh, the latest Lenardi one with Villanova as the three and then Auburn as the one. I don't know if that's how it actually ended up. But uh, here's another question from Brandon. He says, what changes need to be made on the defensive side of the ball for us to be considered one of those great defensive teams? What changed before and after Ty Ty's injury that made us dip in our defensive play? Is there anything from a philosophy standpoint that Cal should change? Uh, I texted you the other night, Sean. That old Miss game, I don't think I was, you know, right there with everybody else. That, what's going on with the defense? What's what's up with it? What do you think? They've they've not been guarding the basketball very well the last few games. They've been having guys getting, uh, getting in breakdowns and and letting a lot of dribble penetration. I think that that's something that that they really need to focus on. I know Cal was talking about it yesterday on the Zoom with us that they've not been guarding the basketball very well. In the last two or three days in practice, they focused on it. I know uh, Kellen Grady talking about that as well uh, during the interview yesterday. I think that's been a focal point. I think losing both those guards for a stretch, I mean, before Tata went down against Florida, this team was defending his tails off. I mean, what was – they gave up, what, 57 to Florida at Rupp Arena, and then I know they gave up 62 to Kansas in that stretch, 55 to Alabama. Those were good offensive basketball teams that – that Kentucky was shutting down. I think the injuries threw off some rhythm. I think guys had to start playing a ton of minutes. Were they as fresh on that end of the floor? Did they put as much energy into it? I don't know. They did play Alabama at Rupp Arena, a hot shooting team that day, and and gave up a ton of points. But I think just having those guys back, getting to full strength, to me, Tata Washington has emerged as their best on-ball defender. Uh, really, really active with his hands, getting steals, getting in passing lanes. We know what Xavier Wheeler can do guarding the ball. I think that's the guy that they need to get back to doing what he was doing a month ago is pressuring the ball. And now I know when you do this, you run into the opportunity and of him running head on into a ball screen and then being out a game or two. But when he, when he disrupts the ball 75 feet from the basket and he puts a lot of pressure on the opposing point guard, that's when Kentucky's at its best because they don't have that rim protector on the back end but they get really good ball pressure with those guards. I think that's when they were at their best a month ago. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got a couple of questions about next year's team. I'll group them together. Um, let's stick with how it's going this year. And uh, this is another one from Brandon. Is it more likely as of now that Oscar stays at UK one more season or that he goes pro? Is there still a delay in legal process with his NIL situation? If he leaves, is there any big in the country right now that you'd personally like to see transfer to UK next season? Um, I'll throw Matthew Sense in and then you can answer. Uh, I don't. I think his NIL is good now, right, Sean? Like, they got that all worked out. But I, I think he's able to make money now, right? I want to think that there might still be a little bit of a holdup on being able to access uh, money, I think, with him. I, I Obviously, he can do the cameo and stuff like that. But I think from what I gathered this week, there there's still a little bit of a holdup that they're waiting for him to actually be able to access his money that he makes. Okay. So, Big O Tires got to wait a little bit longer? Yeah, and and I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what all has to happen. I know that I think UK is trying to push that to be decided on pretty quickly this spring. Uh, you don't. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't want that to kind of play into getting into June and July yeah. and things like that. I know he's one. He's trying to help his mom out and things like that, and, and getting money there and and everything. But when it comes to another year at Kentucky, at first when the NIL stuff, NIL stuff was was passed, and he tweeted that he was open for business. And things I thought for sure there'd be another year of Oscar Sheboy, but from what I've gathered in the last few days, that that's not a done deal. So what I would recommend is just enjoy Oscar for the next three to four weeks, and then we'll look at the situation and see where it's at when the season ends. But uh, not really sure on that. I, I don't think it's as clear cut of a decision as what I thought it was a week and a half ago. Well, I'll provide some optimism. Why not? Right? I'll say he will be back. I'll say that. Uh what he can earn at UK next year. I think he likes it here. I think he can, as long as they get the NIL stuff figured out, I mean, I think he could, you know, make millions next season at Kentucky. But what you're saying, I think is probably the way you need to look at it. We know that the roster always has surprises, both good and bad, a lot of years. Um, in terms of guys transferring here next year, I don't I don't know enough around the, the, the country. I assume if he were to leave, you would 100% have to go out and add somebody, but uh, you know, I don't know who that would be though. I don't know who, um, who, especially with COVID, it's hard to know who has extra years, things like that. Do you have anyone you'd like to say, or you want to move on? Not that I'd like to see because I don't want people to start speculating and think that it's going to happen, but there, there is a guy out there in a power five conference right now that I think could possibly uh, I'm going to hold off until the season's over before I share that name, though, because I don't want people to start going, you know, watching mm-hmm. and thinking that somebody's going to for sure leave. But I think that there is a, a scenario out there where there is a really good player in college basketball that would be interested and Kentucky would be interested if he did enter the portal. But obviously, names have to be in the portal before you can speculate. 
but you just uh you just send me a little dm right here on zoom and we'll keep that between us then so i'll figure it out but no one else is allowed to know uh so uh let's go to uh let's go to jason's question or wait no hold on we'll have to hold on with jason because uh it's a question for next year's team uh this is from wesley says do you believe the success of oscar this season will translate into some recruiting victories when it comes to future bigs I think it has to one the the development that he's shown at Kentucky, the right hand or right shoulder, left shoulder score, the mid range jumper, the motor that he runs with in transition. I think that that helps a ton when it comes to bigs and development. And if you see Oscar, let's say he just goes and gets drafted. I think that's a big deal. I mean, a guy that wasn't even showing up on draft boards, national player of the year, possibly sec player of the year, possibly, I think that's a big deal. I, th- I think that helps a ton. I think if this were 14, 15, 16 years ago, Derek, I think there wouldn't be any question that Oscar Shibway would be a first-round pick in the NBA draft. But the way that the league is now, I think that that's why you're seeing him maybe second-round projections. You go back to the 90s, he's probably a top-five pick. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, Wesley had a second part, too. And I think this is a really good question. He says, how far in the tourney does this team need to advance for the fan base to, to consider it a successful season? Will an Elite Eight be enough? Final Four. Yeah, I'm going to say Elite Eight won't be enough. I'm going to say Final Four. I, and to me, my, my opinion is not, you know, the how I feel is not how you guys have to feel. I think getting back to a Final Four, though, I absolutely think it would be a successful season, even if they don't win the national championship. Obviously, yeah. I know that's the ultimate goal for any Kentucky team is to win the national title, but you got to look at where they are, where they were last season. Um, and I know there's an argument to be made that a Kentucky team should never be that bad. I get that. Um, I would agree with it, but special circumstances, sometimes you, the way Kentucky develops teams and builds its rosters prior to the transfer portal, uh, man, honestly, they were probably fortunate that didn't happen more than what it did. Um, but I think getting back to that final weekend, having that week after the lead eight, leading into the final four, having all that spotlight back on the program, it would be the, what, uh, fifth final four under John Calipari. I mean, I, to me, that's that's a successful season. And when you get there, obviously you're going to want to win it. And, 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 again, it depends on how the game goes when you get there. Maybe you outplay a team, but still, you know, I mean, like you could have a – let me use the Bengals for comparison this year. I was just happy they made the playoffs. But when they got to the Super Bowl in that final minute, you're damn right. I wanted them to win the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's going to be that way for fans too. Kentucky, when they get there, you're going to want them to win it. And I get that. But I think if they make the final four, you step back in a month. Yep. You'll look at this as a really good run. Yep. And and if you get to the final four, then you're in the conversation to win the whole thing. And I think that's what you want. Get to that final weekend, give yourself a chance to play your way into a national championship. And if, if that team gets to the final weekend, then they had a shot. And this is a team that they need to – somebody, one of these Kentucky teams, needs to end this drought since that 38-1 and team. They need to get back to the Final Four. I think that would go a long ways in kind of satisfying the fan base and obviously winning a national championship be exactly what they want. Uh, you want to get into these last few questions here? And I think I have one in my DMs that we need okay. to get to. Yes, sir, Jason's question. He says, of their top seven rotation players, will UK lose more than four guys due to graduation, NBA, or portal? So let's say the seven rotation guys, the the usual starting five when everybody's healthy. Oh, wait. 
So we're going to say it's a starting five plus Toppin and Mintz. Because we know two of those guys already are going to graduate and Grady. Yeah, and, and, and Tata's gone. So there's so Tata's gone three. Uh, do they lose more than four? I'll say yeah in that scenario. If two were already gone, I would say they'll – or three really are for sure gone well, in terms of Tata and then the two seniors. I think for sure they'll get one of Toppin and Brooks back. I'm not ruling out both. I mean, do yeah. what happens with Hopkins? Is, is Hopkins still at Kentucky next year? I mean, there's a, you have Chris Livingston coming in at that, that spot, so you'd have Keon Toppin, Chris, and Hopkins. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of bodies. You just look at that and think somebody has to go. So I would say they lose at least four, depending on what happens and, and where Oscar goes. I, I think Wheeler's coming back. Like, I'm, I'm confident today, Saturday, March 5th, to say that I think Xavier Wheeler will be the point guard on next year's Kentucky team. I think that's a clear path for him to be the starting guard and, and kind of lead the charge for them. I think it'll come down to what Oscar decides to do, and, and, and I think that will be a decision that as we get into April, I don't think it's going to be a decision that's just quickly made depending on when their season ends. I think it'll take some time for all this to, to play out and look at scenarios, look at situations. Do, do they participate in workouts for NBA teams? Things like that. So out of the top, I don't know if I don't think anyone transfers. I don't think anyone out of that top hits the portal. I think it would be a professional jump if more than four leave. The way I see the roster, let me go to. Okay, yeah, this will be a little different. Um, Sorry. Um, I think when I talk to you about this, to me, the most realistic, best case scenario. For Kentucky next season. And I don't know how likely this is to happen. I don't know that I would bet on it. But Severe Wheeler at point, Shaden Sharp and Wallace as your wings, because I'm assuming Tata is for sure gone. And then either Brooks or Toppin, one or the other, I don't know who, as a four, and then Oscar as your five. To me, that's probably the absolute best. Everything broke your way in the offseason. So in terms of the bench, I think Lance will be back. I think Collins will be back. Frederick's obviously injured, but he'll be back. The people I don't know about, Dante and Bryce. I feel like I'm forgetting another big. Not the answer, buddy. Um, Dante's not really played. I don't see a path to him playing next season. Bryce, I think, could could track into the rotation um, for sure. But he's having a lot of competition. You mentioned Chris Livingston coming in. Bryce is a kid to me. He probably starts a lot of places next season. I think he probably has one of the hardest decisions to make um, in terms of, you know, what he wants to do because I think he'd have a lot of options if he decided to explore the transfer portal. Um, And I don't know that he will. I hope he's back because I think he's had a chance to be a really good player here at Kentucky. But that, to me, would be the best case. Um, And what I'll really be interested to see, Sean, this will be the first year that NIL – really plays into the off season. Yeah, it will. Guys last year transferred. I mean, all these things were on the horizon last year. Guys transferred last season expecting that the one-time rule would be passed. It was. I'm sure some guys made decisions on where they went with the possibility that, you know, NIL would be passed. I can't remember when exactly it was. It the summertime when NIL? I really don't remember when it was. But I don't think it was – I don't think many kids really factored that in last year, right? So – Um, 
that'll be interesting to me too. Be, like Oscar would be a good case of that. Even a guy like, I mean, maybe Keon or Severe. I don't, you know, I don't see either of those guys being NBA players obviously next season, but you also saw guys in recent years at Kentucky who weren't NBA players who still left anyway, who explored options, you know, overseas. They just wanted to start playing professionally, but can you make enough money here now? Cause that's Cal's big pitch to the people, um, to the Congress people, <clears throat> state representatives, all those people is that he does think that guys who might've been second rounders or undrafted guys in the past who left for financial reasons might not do that anymore, which would be great for Kentucky. I think that would be, a very clear path to Kentucky staying pretty good every single season. Yeah, I agree with that. And I've got a couple from Zach. He sent these in a while back in early February, and I think they're still relevant here. He says, if Sharp goes to the NBA, why do we not discuss the potential of a Wagner reclass? Seems like the most logical replacement. I'm not ready to jump on that yet. Unless Kentucky maybe loses, unless there's another surprise exodus from the backcourt somewhere, like let's say Sabir doesn't come back, or if, if something else happens there, then then I think maybe you could look at that. I think they would go portal and, and try to keep it, but then I'm not ruling that out though. Uh, I, I think that that would be something, a, a situation that would develop in April more so than, than right now. Uh, if a transfer replaces it, do you see Scotty Pippen Jr. as a good feel? I mean, obviously, I would take Scotty Pippen Jr., Derek, a guy that can go for 25 to 30 on you at the point guard spot. And then have you heard anything about the potential of a Brandon Huntley Hatfield or Jalen Duran transfer due to their stock continually dropping? I'm going to rule out Brandon Huntley Hatfield just because I know that that situation, it was Kentucky that kind of pulled out of that recruitment and stuff there late, and uh, I don't think that everything was on smooth terms when that recruitment kind of got got cut apart. I think Kentucky just decided to go its separate ways, didn't like how things were going. As far as Jalen Duran, I'm not sure on that one. And then does Grady technically have an extra year due to the COVID year? I've had a couple of people ask me this, Derek. I don't think he does, does he? I think it was, no, was it because he graduated – and went through Davidson all four years of eligibility there. Is that why this was his extra year? This, this is, yeah, this was like he should have been done last season. Yeah. Had COVID not happened. So, because you, yeah, you, can't, is... you can't play that senior season and then redshirt. Right. So, if he, if he had redshirted or something, then there would have been an extra, he would only, he would still have two years of eligibility, right? Is that how it would work? Is he redshirted at Davidson? Yeah. If he had redshirted yeah. a year. Right. So him, him playing as a true freshman all the way through as a senior, this is actually his COVID year. Right. Yeah, he had five years to play four, and he played – he used four and four, and then he got the COVID year and came here. Yep. So yeah. that so hopefully that answers some of the questions there. And then I think there was one more in DMs, and I know there was one in the replies. Uh, uh, there was one more, and then um, – oops, want my microphone out. <laughs> well – let me get to this one. Who on this team is the key to reviving the defense we were seeing prior to the last five games? I said it earlier. I think it's Xavier Wheeler. I think Xavier being that guy on the basketball, being disruptive, I think his energy elevates everybody else's energy on that side of the ball and, and, and defensively. I think that that would be a big one. And then there was one from second take here. I asked you this last year, but I wanted to ask again, if you could add one player to this Kentucky team that would still have eligibility had he not gone pro or transferred, who would it be? Example, junior Tyrese Maxey or Juzang, 
senior hero or Johnson, super COVID senior PJ Washington. I, I would, I mean, obviously super senior PJ Washington would be the pick, but I think a rim protector would, would go a long ways. Like give me uh give me super senior Nick Richards. Oh, that's a hot take. That's hot. Even with Oscar there. Uh, yeah. Cause you'd get, you'd get the rim protector too, but you, I'm just saying like you would at least have that option defensively. You don't have that right now on this team. You don't have anybody can protect the rim. So, Shea Gilgis Alexander could be in this, right? That's true. If you're having the whole, I mean, this feels like forever ago, but if that's the case, then like it would have to be an old guy like Shea or PJ to me because I like Todd Tomlin healthy. I think he's a good player. I like Grady's shooting ability. If you're looking for a weakness on this team, I don't think there's really a that much of a weakness i think they all play really well together but like pj and Sheboy down low would just be a hell of a tandem but having i mean isn't shay like a he's already on kind of max deal right yeah then trade him he's a great player i think he's probably the best overall player out of that group and if you're just taking the talent and it's a position kentucky could use a really good point guard i guess shay would be the guy i would take what's that last question we'll knock it out and oh it's um <clears throat> As far as next year's team goes, do you believe Kaysen Wallace will be our best perimeter defender? And also, he also asked any updates on where Shaden Sharp is leaning towards with his upcoming decision. Yes, to Kaysen Wallace. I think Kaysen Wallace has all the tools to be an elite two-way player in college basketball. As far as, far as Sharp, I have no idea. I'm going to go with the situations the same as it was four weeks ago uh, when they decided not to play him the rest of the year. I think that that is set. I think we'll know more when it gets to the spring and, and kind of getting to those decisions. Uh, I think that takes care of everything in the mailbag, doesn't it, Derek? Well, can I ask you one more question? Yes. Let's, let's, let's go hypothetical one more time before we wrap this thing up. Obviously, you have Manson Grady leaving. Tata's probably going to leave. If Sharp were to leave as well, what does Kentucky do in the backcourt at that point? Do you try to play Bryce Hopkins at the three? Would you be willing to start a guy like C.J. Frederick, or do you have to go to the portal at that point, or is – I think you have what to go to the portal. There? If Sharp believes you got to go to the portal because you got to go find someone. You, I don't think you find a true three-level scorer the, of the magnitude of Shaden Sharp, but I think you got to go out there and go get an elite scorer in college basketball that's in the portal. And there will be one of those guys, even if it's from yeah. the mid-majors or, or something like that, somebody that's gone and scored 18 to 21 a game. There, there are those guys out there. I think that's where they'd have to go. I think you're right. That's where I would say as well. I mean – if you have Wheeler and Wallace, you feel like those two are probably starters next season. Uh, I guess Livingston could be another guy who, who might factor in. But at that point, you're probably playing a, a guy at the three who should maybe be a four in today's college basketball. So I'm with you there. That would be uh, kind of worst-case scenario to lose, I think, all those guys. But, I mean, it, it could certainly happen with Sharp being a projected top ten guy in all these mocks. Yep, and uh, that wraps up the mailbag. We'll get to another one before, hopefully, before the SEC tournament starts. So stay locked into Kentucky Daily. We're going to have uh, post-game stuff coming your way, SEC tournament previews, all of that this week. I know Derek will be out a couple of days, I think, Derek, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I'll probably be out till about Thursday, hopefully. Yep. Hopefully we'll be back by Thursday. Sounds good. And uh, we'll, I'll, I'll have everything covered. i got a couple of guest episodes scheduled to, to get us through the week and then get us to Tampa. As always, the show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London. 
You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.